the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. In Laodicea, it's just lukewarm. It's lukewarm water. It's neither refreshing nor healing. It's neither cold nor hot. Now, what what does this mean? What What is Jesus getting at when he describes them as lukewarm? The Laodicean church was a Christless church. They were not offering Jesus to the people that came. They were offering other things. But they were not offering Jesus to people. There is a phrase in the book of Revelation where Jesus refers to a church as lukewarm. This phrase can be a little hard to understand at first, but in today's message, Pastor Dan will be helping us understand what this means. This church wasn't being true to the Great Commission. They were offering people all the things except for Jesus. When the church falls into the temptation of just helping people have better lives and not preaching the gospel that will save souls, then they've gotten off track. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Revelation chapter 3 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Paul writes the letter of Colossians to the believers in the city of Colossae. Colossae had very, very cold water that came out of a natural spring there in the mountains. And the cold water in Colossae was very refreshing in that Mediterranean heat. And another city that was also just a few miles down the road from Laodicea was the city of Hierapolis. That city is also mentioned in the letter to to the Colossians. Hierapolis had hot springs that bubbled up out of the ground at a constant 95 degree Fahrenheit temperature. And so there in Hierapolis, they built these huge baths where people would travel to that city to, to sit in these hot springs, to sit in these hot baths, because they were believed to have medicinal value and the ability to heal people that were physically hurting. And so in Hierapolis, you had these therapeutic baths. They still do today. There's hotels there and these, uh, these big springs that you can sit in today. And, it, and again, it was believed that the waters brought healing. They brought physical relief for, for pain. And so Hierapolis had hot water. And that hot water brought healing and relief to the hurting. Colossae had cold water, and that cold water was refreshing to the thirsty and the tired. But Laodicea had lukewarm water. And Jesus will say to this church, to these believers, that they are neither cold nor hot, but they're lukewarm. 
So that's some background for you that's going to tie into what Jesus says. Now, in the other six letters, uh, Jesus began by writing to, uh, to a church in a particular city. He said, to the church in Philadelphia, to the church in Sardis, to the church in Thyatira. But with this letter, it's different. It is written to the church of the Laodiceans. Not the church in Laodicea, but the church of the Laodiceans. This church belonged to the Laodiceans. It didn't belong to Jesus. Jesus has no part of this church. They've shut him out. The church of the Laodiceans. Right. These things, says the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. And again, we've seen before with each of these letters to these churches, Jesus describes himself in a different way to the, to those individual churches. And he is reminding this church of something that they have forgotten that they need to be reminded of. Uh, to the Laodiceans, he describes himself, first of all, as the Amen. The Amen. That's a word we're very familiar with, isn't it? Uh, we end our prayers with the word Amen. In Jesus' name, Amen. When we agree with someone, we agree with what they're saying, especially in church, we'll say, Amen. The word means, so be it. So be it. And so when you say Amen, you're saying, so be it. Or it means surely or truly. You see that in the Gospels. Whenever Jesus says, truly, truly, I say to you. Or verily, verily, I say to you. That's, that's the word amen. He's saying amen, amen. So be it. It's, it's true. Jesus describes himself as the amen. What is he saying? He's saying to the Laodiceans, I am trustworthy. I am trustworthy. He wants them to know he is trustworthy. And what he says is trustworthy. Jesus is trustworthy. And whatever Jesus says in in the word, it's trustworthy. You can trust him. Then he says he is the faithful and true witness. Jesus is faithful and true. He is faithful to tell us the truth. Jesus is faithful to tell us the truth about ourselves. Even if it's hard truth. You know, sometimes no one else will tell you the truth about yourself. They'll tell you what you want to hear. They'll say, you know, you you do what you think is best. You do what you think makes you happy. If you're happy, then I think that that's what you should do. And they're not truthful with you. Jesus tells us the truth. You can be doing something in your life or living a certain way, and everybody around you is saying, it's okay for you to do that, and it's okay for you to live that way. And yet Jesus comes along, and you you look in the Scriptures, and and Jesus says, what you're doing isn't right. It's wrong, and you should repent of it. And you think to yourself, why didn't anybody else say this to me? Jesus is faithful to be true. You can always always trust that He's going to tell you the truth about yourself, and you can trust what He says. You can trust what the Bible says to you, that it's true. He's not going to lie to you. He's not going to deceive you. And Jesus says this to the Laodiceans because he is fixing to share some pretty hard truths with the Laodiceans. And so before he he shares these truths with them, he wants them to know that he's trustworthy, that he's truthful, and he is faithful with the truth. And that they can therefore trust what he's about to say to them. You know how you do that sometimes? When you're about to share uh, some hard truth with someone, or you're about to... uh, confront someone about something, have a confrontation or a carefrontation because you care, right? (laughs) 
And sometimes you preface what you say by saying, you know, you know I love you. You know I'm for you. I'm not against you. You know I'm, I'm, I'm on your team. But, and then you lower the boom, right? That's what Jesus is doing here with Laodicea. You know I'm trustworthy. You know I'm always faithful to tell you the truth. But here's the truth. He's going to lay it on him. You know, it says in, in Proverbs that the wounds of a friend can be trusted. You can trust Jesus because he's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Jesus also describes himself here as the beginning of the creation of God. Now, what does that mean? It does not mean that Jesus was created. It means that he is the origin of all creation. The Greek word here is arche. We get the word architect from this word. Jesus is the origin or the architect of all creation. He's, he's the creator of all. Now, turn with me over to Colossians chapter 1. Now, there are several places in the New Testament that talk about Jesus being the creator, that all things were made by him. Why do we turn to Colossians of all places? The reason we're turning to Colossians is because in Colossians chapter 4, verse 16, you don't have to turn there, but Colossians chapter 4, verse 16, Paul tells the Colossians to share this letter with the church in Laodicea. And so this letter to the Colossians was also read and shared in the church of Laodicea. So this is a letter that they received in Laodicea as well. So look at what Colossians says, which was also written to Laodicea. Chapter 1, verse 15, what it says about Jesus. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him, by Jesus, all things were created that are in heaven and that are on the earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him, Jesus, and created for him. Do you know you were created for Jesus? And he is before all things, and in him all things consist. Literally, all things are held together. He holds all of creation together. Later on, when we get uh, further along in Revelation, we're going to see he's just going to let it go. And the whole, the whole world's going to start falling apart. But that's a couple chapters away. He is before all things, and in him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have preeminence. The uh, Laodiceans received this letter. And here in this letter, it's using the same language that Jesus used in Revelation, talking about him, Jesus, being the beginning of all things, the beginning of all creation. And here at the end, in verse 18, it says that in the church, Jesus should have preeminence. Preeminence. That word preeminence means first place. That in the church, Jesus should have first place above everything else and everyone else, that he should be the one that is exalted in a church. Jesus is reminding the Laodiceans of that. They have forgotten that. They, they received this letter. They know that information. They've heard that information. They know what Jesus said about being the creator of all things and about being given the place of preeminence in the church. But they didn't make Jesus preeminent in their church. Jesus wasn't even in that church. 
And this is something those Laodiceans need to be reminded of. Jesus should have the place of preeminence over everything in a church and in the life of a Christian. He opens in verse 14 in in Revelation chapter 3. You can turn back there. You know, he writes to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans. And I pointed out that the wording is different. He doesn't say to the church in Laodicea. He says to the church of Laodiceans. And some think that that is kind of a play on words. Because the, the word Laodicean literally means the people rule. We'll return to Pastor Dan's message in just a moment. First, Pastor Dan would like to tell you about the new Calvary Chapel Ellicott City app. We recently launched an app for our church and we're really excited about it. It's designed to keep you connected to our radio ministry, Ring of Truth, as well as to our church, Calvary Chapel. And get this, we have over 1,200 sermons on the app. The app is super convenient, it's easy to use, and allows you to listen to Bible studies anytime, anywhere. So download the app right now, search for Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in your app store, or just follow the links on our website at calvaryec.com. What a great way to stay connected to Scripture. Now, back to today's message on Ring of Truth. We get the word laity, laos, from the Greek word laos, laodicea, the people rule. And the people were ruling this church. This church was all about people and pleasing people. And it wasn't about Jesus and pleasing Jesus and glorifying him. So go back to Revelation chapter 3. Jesus is the beginning of creation. He should have preeminence in the church, but he doesn't. And now going into verse 15, he goes right into his reproof. He doesn't have anything good to say to this church. Nothing good. They're not doing anything good. He only has reproof. I know your works. Jesus has said this to each of the seven churches. I know your works. I know what you did. I know what's going on there. He sees it. He knows it. I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot... I will vomit you out of my mouth. Now, hot coffee is good. Iced coffee is great on a hot day. But what about room temperature coffee? Eh, pretty disgusting. What do you do with room temperature coffee? You, you, well, what you might do is you might put it in the microwave and make it hot again. Or you might pour it over ice and make it iced coffee. But you're not going to drink it when it's room temperature. You want it either hot or cold but not lukewarm, because lukewarm is disgusting. And Jesus says here, he says to this church, you're neither cold nor hot. And he says, I wish you were either cold or hot. They were lukewarm. Now, when Jesus said to to this church in Laodicea, think about where they are and the context. When he said to this church, you're neither cold nor hot. What did the people living in Laodicea at that time think of? Well, they probably thought of the refreshing cold water right down the road in Colossae, where people go that are thirsty and they get refreshed. Or maybe they thought of Hierapolis and the hot springs in Hierapolis, where people that are hurting and in pain go for healing. And then in Laodicea, it's just lukewarm. It's lukewarm water. It's neither refreshing nor healing. It's neither cold 
nor hot. Now, what, what does this mean? What is, what is Jesus getting at when he describes them as lukewarm? The Laodicean church was a Christless church. They were not offering Jesus to the people that came. They were offering other things. But they were not offering Jesus to people. Jesus refreshes the soul. Jesus heals the brokenhearted. Jesus binds up the wounded and hurting. Jesus gives rest to the weary. Jesus takes our burdens. Jesus sets people free from their bondage and their addiction. Jesus comforts us in our suffering and our loneliness. Jesus satisfies the longing of our soul. Jesus restores the things that we've lost to sin and to our rebellion. Jesus makes us whole. Jesus makes us a new creation. If any man's in Christ, he's a new creation. The old things pass away, and behold, he makes all things new. Jesus does that. And most of all, most of all, Jesus gives us forgiveness of our sins through his death on the cross. His shed blood blots out all of our sins. And through His death on the cross and His resurrection from the dead, we can have forgiveness of sins and eternal life. And we can be reconciled to God. It's all through Jesus. It's all through Jesus. Jesus is what people need. Jesus is what people need. They need Jesus. Jesus is cold water to the thirsty. Jesus is hot water to the herding. But the church in Laodicea was not offering cold water, and they weren't offering hot water. They didn't offer Jesus to people. They didn't point people to Jesus that came through their doors. They didn't tell people about Jesus. They didn't tell people, you need Jesus. They didn't tell people, Jesus is the answer that you're looking for. They didn't tell people that Jesus is the hope that they need. They weren't offering Jesus in that church. You might wonder, well, what were they offering? I don't know. But I have visited churches where they weren't offering Jesus to people. They weren't offering Jesus in this church. And look look at Jesus' reaction. Look at his reaction in verse 16 to this church. He says, because you are lukewarm, you're not offering people cold water. You're not offering people hot water. You're not refreshing thirsty people. You're not healing broken people. Jesus says, I want to vomit you out of my mouth. Jesus says, you make me sick. You make me want to puke. Jesus said that. I'm not saying that. Jesus said that. I remember the first time I heard it. I said to my girlfriend, did Jesus really say, he said vomit? Jesus said the word vomit? I thought Jesus only said peace be with you and also with you or something like that. (laughs) Here's what Jesus says of that church. He says, what you're doing in that church, it makes me sick to my stomach. When I see what you're doing and how how you're gathering together as a church and my name and all those people are coming in and they're thirsty and they're broken and they're hurting and you're just offering them lukewarm water to drink? You're not giving them cold water? You're not giving them hot water? 
You don't proclaim my name to them, the name that is above every name. You don't tell them about me. You don't tell them the gospel. You don't tell them about the cross. You don't tell them about the wonder-working power of my blood. It makes me sick to see. It makes me want to throw up. It makes me want to puke when I see that happening. Now, let's make it a little bit more personal because it's easy to disconnect ourselves from this and say, well, that's what's happening in that church and churches like that. But if you're a Christian... You're a Christian. You name the name of Christ. But Jesus doesn't have any meaningful place in your life every day. You don't, you, don't, you don't crack a Bible throughout the week. You don't pray. You don't seek the Lord. You're not in fellowship with any other Christians. You're a lukewarm Christian. And Jesus says, that makes me sick to see. It makes me sick to my stomach. To see someone who names my name, but then they don't have anything to do with me. And they identify with me, but they don't have anything to do with me. He says, it makes me sick. It makes me want to puke. Now, when Jesus says here, I will vomit you out of my mouth, or it, it, it makes me sick, or I want to throw up when I see that. I don't, think, I don't think he's saying that in an angry way. I don't think he's saying, you make me sick. I think he's saying that in a brokenhearted way. Because that's his character. And that fits with the rest of the passage. I think he's brokenhearted when he sees a church that is not proclaiming his name and pointing people to him because he's the answer that people are looking for. I think it breaks his heart when he sees a Christian who has nothing to do with him in their life because there's so much that he can do in that person's life and that he wants to do in that person's life, but he's not able to do in that person's life. And I think he looks at that and he says, it makes me sick to think that you are trying to limp your way through life without me, when I have all these resources available to you, and there's all these things I want to do to help you and heal you and restore you, it makes me sick to my stomach to know that you're trying to do this on your own and you're not looking to me. It makes me want to vomit, to know that you're just, you're just lukewarm and I don't have a place in your life. And he goes on in verse 17. Look what it says here. Because you say, so this is what the Laodiceans said about themselves. Because you say, I am rich, have become wealthy, and have need of nothing, and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. Verse 17 tells us the reason the Laodiceans were lukewarm. They said of themselves, I am rich, and I have need of nothing. They trusted in themselves. They trusted in their own riches, their own uh, money, their own wealth. They didn't need Jesus, or so they thought. We don't need him. We don't need his help. We, you know, we rebuilt our own city. We didn't need Rome's help. We don't need Jesus' help. The Laodiceans were self-sufficient and self-reliant, which isn't a bad characteristic necessarily, but... But they had gotten to the place where they lost their sense of need for Jesus Christ. That they didn't need him anymore. They lost their sense of need for Jesus and they became lukewarm toward him. You know, Matthew chapter 5, verse 3 in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Or in other words, blessed are those 
who recognize their own spiritual poverty. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the finest crystal. You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Currently, Pastor Dan is teaching through the book of Revelation, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. Many questions might arise as you listen to these messages about the end times. If you're wondering about something you heard today, would you give us a call? Our number is 410-491-4592. We'd be happy to talk with you about anything you heard today or to hear about how these messages are impacting your life. We'd also love to know about any prayer requests you might have. Once again, that number is 410-491-4592. Would you be willing to pray for the ministry of Ring of Truth? So many listeners may be hearing life-changing news that they might not hear anywhere else. This is a tremendous opportunity to reach people who are lost and without a Savior. We value your prayers for these important messages that are going out. Pray that lives would be changed and that God's kingdom would greatly multiply because of the truth of His Word. Thanks so much for listening today. If you'd like to hear more messages like this one, we encourage you to go to calvaryec.com. Next time, Pastor Dan will continue on this peculiar book of the Bible. Revelation is one of the many that are curious about but find it hard to understand. We trust that God's giving you some clarity by listening to Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.